This episode is sponsored by JDAQA Software Testing, your scalable solution for manual, automated, security, and performance testing. Check us out at JDAQA.com. And with that, let's get on with the show. This is the first customer hosted by Jay Agnew. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the First Customer Podcast. My name is Jay Agner. We are sponsored by JDAQA Software Testing, uh, your manual automated performance and security testing resource. So today I'm lucky enough to be joined by Bobby Reed. He is our first executive producer founder. Uh, Bobby, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's going to be fun. So Loaded Pixel, uh, our tagline is a video production company. That's what we settled on before this. So uh, we'll have to flesh that out a little bit. But Let's get started with you. Uh, where'd you grow up and kind of did that have any impact on you being an entrepreneur later in your life? Uh, that's a great start. I was born in Kansas. Uh, so most people in this part of the world don't know where that is. It's directly in the middle of the country. It's a flyover state. And then I moved to Denver when I was seven years old. Um, grew up there, played football for a year and it was division two. I'm not that good. And, and then I transferred to Nebraska uh, because I wanted to get into this film and uh, video production world. And they had a program called Husker Vision, which they travel around with all the sports teams doing all the big screen events and gathering footage and content and editing. And it was, you know, it's, you use all the, the pro equipment while getting the experience and getting experience from other professionals. So that's, I transferred to Nebraska to get into Husker Vision, got in there and had a great reel. And then got my first job in St. Louis, Missouri, which again, for those folks on the East Coast, it's another flyover state. It's right next to Kansas, <laughs> you know, all those things. So. Yeah, got my start in sports and live events and in post-production editing, and that was that was kind of the start. I just wanted to, I just wanted to create pretty pictures, and that was kind of the start of it. Did uh, you do any of that as a kid? Did you do like Did you like doing video stuff, or was it later? Yeah, I get so it really changed when I was like a sophomore, junior in high school. So I had a teacher, an English teacher, and I was not a great English student to be fair. And he said, "I'm starting this video production class. I want you to be in it as a junior," and and it's only offered to seniors. So I was going to be the only underclassman in this senior level class. And so I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll, I'll be in this class. And there was probably a girl that I thought was cute in the class too or something. So I was like, yeah, of course. So I remember the first day it's starting and he handed us these cameras and showed us like this was iMovie on, I mean, this was 2000, you know, 2000. So he goes, this is editing software and have at it and do whatever you want. And funny story there, this, that was one of the many times that I, or that class was one of, one of the many times that I almost got kicked out of one A school. And, you know, at the time, Jackass was a, a very big, you know, popular show on oh, TV. Yeah. And so me and my friends were like, oh, let's recreate Jackass. So we went to the school and we did a bunch of Jackass things. I shot it all, edited it all. And I was going to air it on the, you know, the, the in-house TV network. And the principal got involved and was like, you can't do this. And like wanted to suspend me and all these things. And my mom, you know, everyone had to get involved. And thankfully I didn't get kicked out. But, but yeah, that was kind of the start of. You so you were the Jeff Tremaine. Is that his name? The guy from Jack? The, who's the director guy from? Who's the guy who's always behind the camera in Jackass? Oh, I don't know the behind the camera guy. There's a, the, the, he's like the main guy who's like, he's like the creator. Not any of the actual talent, but there's like the one guy who like, they always talk to. Anyway, he's uh, the guy. He's the guy who's always like egging him on and he's like, you know, trying to get him to do the crazy stuff while he's like safely sitting behind the camera. That's just what I envisioned you doing in high school. Um, Probably. So you had a bunch of cool little uh, stops along the way I saw in your background, just different kind of film, uh, 
you know, media jobs. Um, what kind of led you to starting your own video production company? So I always had a feeling like that's what I wanted to do, I, but I never really knew how to start it or had, you know, had the, you know, the aha moment of like, this is exactly, this is when I'm going to do it until I moved to Philadelphia and I got in with, um, the NBC sports network. I was a post-production editor there having a blast making as much, it wasn't a ton of money, but it was the most money I had ever made in my life. And so I was having a great time. I made a bunch of great friends and then they moved their whole operation up to Connecticut and they offered me a staff position up there for less money. And so I was kind of confused. And I, and at the time I, when I first moved to Philly, I guess I should back up. I didn't have, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a job. I, didn't, I knew no one. And so I started tutoring and I really, I only got one call from, for it to be a tutor in, in, in this world, in film and video production, you know, Photoshop, you know, illustrator, all those things. And, and so this family I got pretty close with over the years. And so I went to the dad who was a entrepreneur himself, business owner. And I told him this, I was like, Hey, they want to move me to Connecticut and yada, yada. And he goes, let, let me, he's like, why don't you just start your own company? And I said, I have no idea how to do that. He goes, I'll help you do it. It's not that hard, but you should do it and do it now. This is a perfect opportunity. So I just kind of trusted him and I did it and went to one of my friends at NBC sports and actually two of my friends there. And we started loaded pixel in 2012. So NBC moves to Connecticut. We start loaded pixel. We have basically, we kept NBC as a client and we had, you know, not a ton of work, but some work. And we all sort of took jobs, other places to keep the, you know, keep food on the table. And then, you know, then slowly we built it up to where it is today. But that was the genesis was I have a, I had a buddy that I tutored his kids and he just was like, you should do it. I'll help you. And, and that was the so was So was NBC Sports your, your, technically your first customer for Loaded Pixel? Well, it would be, I guess technically it would be this guy because he said, he, he goes, I need a video done for something, for YPO, the thing, this thing he was in. And he goes, can you do it? But give me a discount. And I said, how about this? How about you you pay me in and you buy me a camera and a couple lights and I'll do the rest for free. And he was like, deal. And so that so we got a camera and a couple lights and a microphone and we did this job for him and then then right after that NBC moves and we keep them as a client doing stuff. So that was yeah, that was a, that was a wild. We still I still have that camera too, which is weird. That's well, you got to keep it forever. I mean, even if you just like mount it on the wall somewhere. Right. Right. Um well, I mean, that's for the audience who will know what I'm about to say for those who have listened before, which is friends and family plan, right? I mean, it's always almost the number one way to start a business is somebody, you find somebody. It's not this like, it, there's this misnomer that there's this magical grind that happens and like you can just like materialize clients. It's usually somebody in your network. It's usually somebody you know from somebody else and you just have to, to ask or they ask you and yeah. you jump at it. And it sounds like it was kind of the same deal for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think my whole life, I've never had a, I've never been staff anywhere. I've always been a freelancer. I, so I've, in other words, I've always had to hustle to get clients. They've, it's, it's in a different you know, world than I'd say an entrepreneur or a business in the sense that, you know, in live events or in editing, you're just looking, you know exactly who you're looking for. You're looking for production companies or, you know, you know, film companies that are going to use your service of editing or shooting or whatever it is, right? And so you can canvas. It's the same thing I did when I moved to Philly. I didn't know anyone. And so I just canvassed for 
months to try to find work. And it's a slow going at first, but then eventually you, somebody calls you back, they give you a job for a day or a week. And then, you know, you do a good job. They call you back and then they introduce you to four other people and then you, they call you and then now your network grows. It's so it doesn't happen overnight. It's not as easy as like just applying to a job, giving your resume and sitting down and then they hire you. And now you're locked in for 10 years. It's, it takes a lot more effort. So I was used to that risk. I was used to that grind or that hustle, I guess I should say. And, and not being afraid that if I didn't work for a month, it was not the end of the world. And then, and kind of being okay with that. And that's, it's a scary thing for a lot of people, for most people to have that mentality, but that's. I, I never, yeah, I mean, it's a great point too, because I mean, we were talking a little bit about the documentary that, that I'm weirdly enough being part of right now. I didn't realize most of the film folks are freelancers. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that like, they're literally like, you know, sports people where you're just like you know you're getting a contract here and there like mm -hmm. you're getting referred to places like people see your work and they're like oh yeah I'd like that I didn't I don't think people it's a very it's a very like you know common thing to see video all day every day on everything we do and just have no idea what goes on behind it you know you don't know that there's this world of just plug and play people and you're finding editors and producers and directors and they all meld together to make these projects when as a just a straight consumer, I had always kind of just assumed it was like this company and like this thing that like, you know, it was this nice little, you know, package that comes together everywhere and they all go to this place and they all do these things. And I didn't realize there was a lot of this, like I said, plug and play kind of thing. So I do want to ask, what's the difference in your day to day now, you know, X number of years, and I don't know how many years you can tell me since you started Loaded Pixel and, and today, like what's your kind of what things have you shifted to business-wise, just your day-to-day, -day, as opposed to when you started? Well, I mean, it's when I first started, it was, so I, again, it, first it was, there was three of us. And then the third person dropped out pretty quick because he wanted, he didn't, he wasn't in love with the, the risk. I just say that. So he dropped out pretty quick. And then, so it was just me and my partner, but my partner is a writer director. So he doesn't, you know, there's definitely a lot of talent in that. And there's a definite need for that. But when I first started, I was doing all the sales, all the client relations, you know, account services, editing, producing. I was doing, you know, all of that stuff. And so, when, you know, Wawa's are one of our big clients. When we first got Wawa, I was doing all of that. I was editing it all. I was getting the call from the client. I was sending it out for mix, you know, doing a lot of the mixing myself. So all the color correcting, like I was doing all the graphics myself, like everything was me. And then, you know, eventually as we got more clients, I have to then hire people or get a freelance staff or a freelance pool of people to then take on this load. So I haven't edited anything for Loaded Pixel probably in two years, which is great. I have a full-time production manager and, you know, slash producer. So she takes on a, a, you know, a lot of roles uh, for producing. So most of my day-to-day -day now is moves more towards managing those people, managing our number one client, and then finding new clients and you know, which is a, a whole host of different challenges than just editing, you know, a commercial or something. So, the, and that's the fun part now for me is trying to figure that out, you know, how to be more efficient with my time, with everyone else's time, while still being cognizant of all of the needs for the clients, for my employees' needs, my freelancers' needs, just, you know, running the business now is more of what I'm learning to do every day. How did you get Wawa, if I'm allowed to hear that story i'm just curious like how the hell did you land i mean and for people who are not in the east coast or philadelphia region may not understand how 
cult like the following <laughs> is for Wawa around here that has slowly spread out along the East Coast. But uh, how did you guys get that connection? Yeah, that's that's it's a that's a fun story. So my my buddy who told me to start the company, he had a friend at Wawa, and he said and he introduced me to her. She was the I don't know exactly what her title was, but she was in marketing and kind of high up. And so it was more, so he introduced us and the meeting that I said was a coffee, like, hey, I'll come to Wawa for a coffee to meet you. I've never met this woman before. And to learn more about their needs, because traditionally a company of that size, of Wawa size will hire, you know, an ad agency to then run all the production through that. So then I would be basically working for the ad agency, not directly with Wawa. So Mm -hmm. in... So I'm walking into this meeting going, hey, I'm just going to learn more about how it all works with them, what their needs are. Maybe I can slide in somewhere or, or learn enough to then go to an ad agency and be like, hey, I, you know, I'm working. Blah, blah, blah. So I walk in, I, I meet this woman for 15 minutes and she goes, well, let's go to this other, let's go to this conference room. I walk in every, she brings in everyone from the marketing department and everyone from the PR department and everyone from the, some other department. I don't even know the, the the foundation, whoever uses video, she brought everyone in. There was maybe 20 people in this room. And she's like, hey, everybody, here's Bobby Reed. And he does video production. Wow. Bobby, take it away. And I go, <laughs> I have nothing. I felt like I was totally caught with my pants down. Like, with the worst opportunity. I guess. well, if you have uh, internet in here, and we could pull up my website. <laughs> and like, I know. And luckily, at that point, I had worked a Super Bowl and Olympics and some other bigger events on the live event side. And so I was able just to basically BS my way through this meeting and the whole time I mean, I'm sweating the whole time I walked out of that w- meeting and I called my buddy and I said you totally bagged me like she raked me over the coals with she brought me in front of everybody I had I literally had nothing and and so he goes ah you'll be fine <laughs> like it was a good experience or whatever he said you know right. and, and then a month later I got a call and they said hey can you just put some new music on this spot for us and I was like yeah sure it took me 10 minutes and I just, they just started calling me to do little things like that here and there. And they said, oh, can you also do shoots? And I said, yeah, sure. So they gave me this little shoot to do. And then they said, oh, can you do this bigger thing? And I said, yeah, sure. And then they said, oh, can you do all of our production now? And I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, so just How sort of, long was that from that meeting until you guys kind of took it all over? It was a few years. So that was, the first meeting was probably five years ago, five or six years ago. And then really the pandemic is what, what took off for us because they weren't allowed to, you know, the ad agencies weren't allowed to travel anywhere. They, you know, with all the unions and stuff that are involved in in video production, they, it was very difficult to get anything shot and done. And so, so Wawa called me and they said, Hey, you know, you know, we need to shoot stuff. And I said, can you do it? And I said, yeah, sure. So I remember our, our first shoot was in April of 2020. So this is still lockdown. We can only have 10 people. So typical Wawa shoot, production broadcast production we'll have 40 50 people on set you know not including the client that are running around doing mm-hmm. different things it's a, those are big sets and then all of a sudden they said you got to do it with 10 people total and then we were like okay but it was i'm telling you some of the best phone calls i made i, I called the guy who, you know one of the guys who shoots all of our stuff and i said do you want to work and he said he started crying he said yes I would, i'll do whatever it takes because at that point, nobody knew, especially in this business, when they were going to work again right. because of all these different stipulations with COVID and people working. So we did what we could. We all wore masks. We, you know, there was only 10 of us and we shot a ton of stuff. And then when we started to turn that stuff around and do it quick and they started to see how fast and well we could do things. And honestly, it was cost effective for them to do it. They were like, hey, like, why don't you just start doing 
all of it for us. So, so like the little, I mean, is it everything now? Like you are there, like the I stuff mean, at the pump, like all the, you know, all those little videos you see when you're at the, the uh, little kiosk, like all the stuff in there. It's slowly becoming, mean, we, I guess in that respect, we probably do 80%. Like we're starting wow, to do okay. more of their social, we're starting to do, I mean, some of the stuff at the pump is already things that we do. The, like the cat screen stuff. The stuff That's... that everybody loves, by the way. Everybody loves the super loud videos <laughs> that autoplay as soon as you turn them. You, I you know, know everybody loves those. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is we've had to do so much research on decibel levels at the pump because of exactly what you're talking about. And every pump is different. We There's all this technical jargon I can get into, but we had to go around with different microphones and microphone recorders and sound check or sound level recorders to different Wawa's and record how loud it was and then... And then as we you know, produce this stuff for the pump, we have a like a set limit, a decibel level, if you will, you know, of how high we go based on all of these like meter readings. That is, that's that's super cool. I like that it's a lot. Bunkers. I actually it's, love that. And I do have a related question that I've always wondered. Is there some sort of standard for TV commercial volume that you have yes. to be at? Yes, or, 100%. Or there is. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could always be under. But yeah, you try you keep it at a certain level for broadcast standards and you can't go over that now that you know they do pump up the volume on not after i you know that's after i deliver it so the master control will will throw it up so that's why commercials tend to be louder now they've controlled that over the years so you it's not as drastic as jarring it once yeah, yeah the, it's, the, it's, the late night infomercials that are like <laughs> screaming at you right. yeah it's that's a that's an interesting point if you had to start your production company over again today with everything you've learned, what would be step one? Step one. I, oh yeah. You did ask me this and I'd never, I never, I, I meant to think about this longer. I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad we're, we're doing it live right now together. That's much better for me. I like that better. You should know that this is much better content than you it's, just you know, rambling off some pre canned answer. I know. Um, yeah, I, I guess if, if I would do it again, I wouldn't wait on to do certain things i would just go for it and not be as afraid or as cautious or i would dive in harder to, to things i mean I, you know and some of it was just learning i think some of it was not knowing what to dive into maybe but i know that i how i've mentally changed over the last at least five six seven years when the business has taken off and the one piece of advice that i got from a different business mentor was there's better there's never a better time than right now so if you're talking about it, then stop talking about it and go do it. If you're thinking about it, it you can think about it, but think about it in, a, in a terms of how to make a plan. Like you're going to make a plan to go do it that day or tomorrow or the next, you know, that week, as soon as you can do it. And, and that's one thing that's helped, I think, get us to where we're going. Again, when you're going super fast, you're going to make some mistakes. And that's the hard part. And I made some mistakes with Wawa. I made mistakes with every, not every client, but. You make mistakes, you just have to fi find your best way to understand what they are and then make sure they don't happen again and then explain that to the client. Hey, look, we made a mistake and own up to it because I found that if at least you own up to it ahead of time, they're more willing to work with you and be understanding of whatever it is until unless they find it, right? And if they find it, then you're, that's when you get that, it. Yeah, that is the, and even then, I think that's a great point and something I still am shocked that I see in business owners today is there's literally nothing to gain by pushing blame off 
Like there's not like you don't look better. It doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't make them go, oh well, then okay, yeah, it's all. Even if it's their fault, like take ownership and just you know fix the problem. And ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time, it'll be fine. It's just the backpedaling and the oh my god, like I don't know how that happened. Like if you really just take it and you own it, I've had a much better experience as a business owner. Just kind of like you said, just going for it, just tackling it and be like, yeah, that was totally our fault. Like we'll make sure that doesn't happen again and you work through it. So I think that's a great piece of advice. All right. One thing we'll end on. If there's aspiring video production company owners out there, which may be a limited audience, maybe not. And you know, there's guys out there who film today. What would you kind of tell them you know, what would you tell your younger self? And maybe some of it is not to wait and we can, you know, that can maybe be one of the things, but what would you tell them, you know, what would you tell your younger self if you were going to kind of look back and say, Hey, don't wait, go do it. Here's what you need to go do. Yeah. I th- There's probably, there's a couple things there. One thing that I've, I said, there's a few things. One short one is it, it, it loaded pixel. The, the big joke is always be the director because if you could be the director, you have, you know, you get all the money and glory and, and none of the pain and suffering of like dealing with the client or like right. all the blame, for, you know, from all the, you know, you know, the producing side is sometimes thankless and long. But as the directors always say, that's why the producers take the Oscar for best pictures because they have to deal with all the, that's one thing. Yeah. I, I will also say if I, I find a lot of young filmmakers and creatives really get bog owning the, the art and the creative in game or in peace in other words they feel like whatever they're putting out is the best it can be for this thing and the client doesn't know any better the producer nobody knows any better they're the ones you know whatever they're putting out is the best and what i've what's been beneficial i think for me explaining this to other editors is you get one shot so if whatever you're you know whatever you're working on you get one shot to, to wow the client to say no changes this is where it can't be any more perfect than this we're going to put this out as is amazing job after that you don't own it it's their piece they're paying for it if they want to put their stamp on it or make changes or whatever that's you have to just do it and not and not be brokenhearted that somebody ruined your masterpiece or whatever right there'll be a place in time for your masterpiece and that place and time is not now and it's not here. So, but you get one shot and I've seen it happen. It's not, un, you know, it's not unattainable to just edit something and you put it in front of the client and they're like, this is perfect. Thank you. It, it can happen, but it doesn't happen often. So, you know, just, just, you know, don't hang on to it as long as you think. So that's what I would say. Cause then you can get upset. You can let a lot of emotions cloud your judgment, especially if you will be client facing, if you're going to run a business. So you can't, you can't take it to heart. And a lot of creatives, a lot of people in this field are, are they're emotional people just by nature because that's what we are. And that's what makes great art and is are the emotion of it. But sometimes you got to cut that off. So that's what I would say to a younger, that's one of the things I would say, I guess. I like that. Yeah, no, that's yeah. A great, those are great answers. All right. How do they find you, Bobby? How do they find Loaded Pixel if they're looking to get in touch and get some high quality video work done? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're so the, uh, well, this is Loaded Pixel. We, I think we were going to talk about this. We didn't get into it, but Loaded Pixel was not the first name. Yes, tell me about that story before we go. I do want to know. Tell me the genesis of the name. It is quick. We wanted, I, I can't remember exactly what we wanted, like Pixel Harvest or something like that, but pixelharvest.com was taken. And so we wanted Pixel, is kind of what you were mentioning earlier, is Pixel is kind of a cool, fun thing. 
And we found that loadedpixel.com, the URL was not taken. So we were like, oh, great. But this, again, goes back to me being cautious. And we again, we had no money. So I was like, let's submit the paperwork for the LLC. Once we get it back and we have the name for sure, then we'll buy the URL. Well, in the time when we got the name through the state and we got the paperwork back to said we officially had it, somebody had bought some like, you know, guy that, you know, some squatter bought loadedpixel.com and then and won't sell it back to, to us for less than like an astronomical price now. So, so, we, so we had to then, by that point, we had to get find another URL. So we went with something super long, loadedpixelcreative.com was our URL. So it's, uh, we, you could probably find us. I think we have loadedpixel.tv. So if you send an email to, or if you went to loadedpixel.tv, you could find us. But, uh, but yeah, so loadedpixelcreative.com is the, is the URL. You can find us there. And what about you, the LinkedIn kind of guy? Oh, yeah, sure. Focus, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, best way to reach me is Bobby at Loaded Pixel Creative or info at Loaded Pixel Creative. You can find me on LinkedIn, Bobby Reed. It's hopefully, I mean, it's a fairly common name, but hopefully. Yeah, I think you, you came up Bobby pretty Reed. quickly when I searched you, so you should be good. I was getting there. It's really yeah, okay. you're, you're, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're skyrocketing to the top of LinkedIn results. Well, Bobby, That's it was right. great meeting you. I love your story, man. I hope, you know, some aspiring filmmaker slash production slash you know anything film related there's some good stuff in here for people who want to kind of take that next step and be a, a business owner and kind of chase that dream of continuing on with film so thank you for being on brothers great meeting you and have a great weekend all right you, man. yeah thanks jay thanks bobby see ya